We're going to go across the United States now and to Alabama, where legal protections for IVF clinics have been brought in following the state's Supreme Court ruling a few days ago that forced clinics to pause treatments and left families in limbo. It's a temporary fix which may allow fertility treatments to restart. This judgment from the Supreme Court had stated that embryos were extra-uterine children, effectively that the frozen cells are human beings. Of course, it's also become a political firestorm in the election year. We spoke with John Sharp, who covers politics for the Alabama news site AL.com. Just before we came on air, I asked him what the current situation is. Well, the current state of play is that uh, Alabama lawmakers are wrestling what to do next. Um, what they did y- yesterday as hot off the presses was that both the uh, state House and the state Senate approved legislation that basically grants uh, immunity to uh, in vitro fertiliz- fertilization clinics as a result of the Alabama State Supreme Court ruling. And that's kind of where we're at next week. These bills will flip flop. One will go to the Senate. The other one will go to the House and anticipating the legislature to have its work completed on this by Wednesday, at which time the bills would be advanced to the governor's office for signature. So by the end of this week, we should have uh, these pieces of legislation signed and approved by the governor. Now, the question is whether or not these bills will, um, you know, if they go far enough to grant the type of protections, legal protections for uh, uh, health care clinics to go ahead and continue with IVF procedures. Uh, There's some concerns that uh, the Alabama State Supreme Court's definition of what is a child under state law could prevent them from, could still provide that chilling effect that they may not continue on with providing IVF treatment. So that's kind of where we're at right now. So this, yeah, this yet could perhaps not be the fix that many people are hoping and thinking it could be because I guess circle back and explain to us where this uh, Alabama Supreme Court ruling came from what prompted it yeah so what prompted it was uh, an incident that occurred in 2020 and the plaintiffs in this case are three sets of parents they all conceived via IVF and what happened is there was apparently some sort of mishap that occurred at a uh, a fertility clinic in Mobile in, in the southern part of the state of Alabama we had a, a an incident where uh, several embryos were removed from their chambers or frozen chambers and then dropped onto the floor and were destroyed. So the plaintiffs sued the fertility clinic under Alabama's wrongful death of a minor act. Now, this is a law that dates back to 1872 uh, based on the argument that, you know, embryos for, for legal purposes under Alabama state law are children. Um, we take it to the lower courts. They ruled, no, that's not the case, that embryos that are preserved uh, via frozen chamber are not, uh, do not fit the definition of a person or a child. So the Supreme Court takes up this ruling or they, they take up this case on appeal and uh, they come back uh, with the ruling that has uh, set this country afire with regards to uh, the definition of, of, you know, what a child is upon conception. And Uh, What the Alabama State Supreme Court ruled is that under state law, under this 1872 law, that an unborn child is located outside the biological uterus, they can be considered a child, and uh, that this law does apply. And as a result of that, these IVF clinics, these fertility clinics, have all stopped 
providing IVF treatments. It, it's caused an uproar nationwide over the concerns of what might happen next. Because people have been, in large part, left in limbo. As you say, the IVF clinics had to close really to protect many of the staff there because presumably if there had been some kind of accident, someone had, you know, dropped a test tube of embryos, then that could have amounted to what? Yeah, to criminal or civil liability. And so that's what's caused this, you know, that's what's caused three of the largest healthcare providers in the state to stop doing these procedures and has left a lot of uh, couples in really limbo in regards to uh, their fertility treatments. And, uh, you know, these fertility treatments are very expensive and and not covered under insurance, Uh, can cost tens of thousands of dollars. So it's, it's really, you know, it's really upended a lot of folks' lives right now. And placed a lot of uh, worry and concern. But now our state attorney general, he's come out and said that he doesn't plan to prosecute under this this decision by the Alabama State Supreme Court. But on the flip side are are, uh, couples and again, these clinics that say, well, you know, we, yeah, this is what the Supreme Court's ruled. They are the Supreme Court, you know, and and, uh, we're looking for more clarity. Now the Supreme Court in its ruling, there were some uh, texts that indicated that with regards to addressing this issue going forward, it's a public policy matter and should be handled by the legislature. And so that's where we're at right now. How the legislature proceeds with this uh, will determine where IVF procedures go in the future in the state of Alabama. Mm. Uh, but this has, of course, tentacles that go way beyond the state of Alabama. And it it comes back to an argument over uh, the U.S. Supreme Court's decision in 2022 to overturn Roe versus Wade. And the concern is whether or not what's happened in Alabama is the direct result the uh, of this process that uh, anti-abortion activists have as far as trying to push the envelope further. What can we do? Can, you know, now that Roe versus Wade is no longer the law of the United States that provides abortion rights to Americans, you know, where are we going next with this whole particular issue? And that's the concern for abortion rights activists and Democrats right now. They are tying this decision by the Alabama State Supreme Court directly to the Dobbs decision in 2022, which undid Roe versus Wade. And what does all this mean then in an election year for the Republicans and indeed the Democrats? I know the Democrats have been eyeing the possibility of of certainly pushing the situation with Roe v. Wade falling and that being a point of difference with the Republicans. But how are the Republicans on this? Are they united? No, actually, right now, there's a little bit of frame that we're seeing within the Republican Party. You know, for years the re- leading up to Roe, the decision of well, leading up to Dobbs, the Dobbs decision, uh, you know, the Rep- Republican Party has been pretty well unified with its anti-abortion stance. But right now, there's some concerns about messaging. This is an issue that polls that does not pull well for the Republican Party. It's 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 been very difficult. There's been some conservative, right leaning states in this country that have put voter initiatives, uh, you know, providing abortion rights into their state constitutions that have passed. And in the state of Kansas and Kentucky, for instance, two states that are are, are very Republican, or or have been traditionally. So that's kind of you know it's, it's been a difficult issue for the Republican Party, and you know some of the you know, Republicans I've talked to have indicated, you know, it's an issue of messaging more than anything. Perhaps it's not so much that we need to 
to scale back our, our viewpoints on policy, but it is how do we message this to the American public, especially in an election year. And it's proved very difficult right now uh, for the party because the Democratic Party seized on this issue. They see, you know, they've seen the polling. Um, they've seen the results of some of these elections. The midterm elections in 2022 were supposed to be a Republican wave initially. And, and the viewpoint is the uh, fallout from uh, the Dobbs decision prevented Republicans to have strong gains in the U.S. Congress. So, you know, Democrats see this as a big issue going into 2024, and they're trying to capitalize it as much as they can. And of course, this has gone beyond Alabama as well. There have been quite notable uh, like senior figures in the Republican Party, like Mike Pence, uh, who I believe had children through IVF. You know, he's come out saying that IVF should continue, as has Donald Trump, who's the likely uh, presidential nominee for the Republicans. But then we have language that's being used at a rally. I see uh, earlier in the week in Alabama, a Republican state representative, Ben Harrison, telling families who were trying to go through with IVF procedures that um, the solution would be to freeze the sperm and eggs separately instead of freezing the embryos and then likened the former procedure to a process used on cows. Is he reading the room? <laughs> that's a good that's a good point. It is a difficult issue for Republicans. You raise a good point. Um, of course, Alabama is a very conservative state, uh, but, you know, our state, our U.S. senator here is Katie Britt, and she'll be giving the Republican response to the State of the Union next week. And that's going to be a speech a lot of people are going to look at and we be interested in seeing how she uh, describes this particular issue. She's come out and said that, you know, providing IVF treatments and being having an anti-abortion stance are not mutually exclusive, that, you know, that both can happen. And, and so it'll be interesting to see what she has to say on the national, international level after this, this uh, State of the Union address. But yeah, Alabama is a very conservative state. You do get comments and, and probably um, uh, rulings like you did from the Alabama State Supreme Court. It's all Republican. That probably make and, uh, Republicans in other parts of this country, especially in more purple states where there's shades of Democrat and shades of Republican, uh, these swing states, and they make Republicans probably feel a bit uneasy. Um, I know there's been a lot of criticism directed towards Chief Justice Tom Parker. Uh, he delivered uh, the opinion in this case, and it was very heavy with a lot of biblical references. And that does uh, plays better in Alabama, but sometimes not in other places where Republicans are trying to win critical races in 2024. So how do you see this playing out over the next few weeks, indeed few months? Well, in Alabama, what we're going to see is these immunity bills will probably go forward and get signed into law. The Republicans and Democrats rarely agree on much in this. They, they are pretty much in bipartisan agreement on this one. And, and so that will get uh, completed there. But where we're going to see here in Alabama next is the Democrats have a bill which they would like to have enshrined into the state constitution, the definition of of a child. And they want the Republicans to uh, have, you know, they want the viewpoint is that bill probably is not going to go forward this session, but I'm sure there will be a debate where that that debate goes. We'll be interested to see what other states might do. Uh, are they crafting bills as well to to further define when life begins and so that's kind of where we're at. Um, Congress has taken this up as well. In the U.S. Senate, uh, Representative Tammy Duckworth, Democrat out of Illinois, 
is pitching a bill that would provide federal protections for IVF and would override anything done on the state level. Uh, but that was blocked last week by a Republican out of Mississippi. So uh, this is going to continue on. This is going to be a big election issue, uh, both for Democrats and Republicans. And it's going to be a challenge for Republicans on how they respond and the type of message that they have on this going forward. John Sharp there speaking to us from Alabama, a political correspondent over there.